back on the podcast, and today I have a special guest on the airwaves with me today. He's the current play-by-play broadcaster of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and now for the Pens Radio Network, Steve Mears. Mearsy, welcome onto the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Very excited to have you on. So how's, how's the day going? How's things in Pittsburgh? Oh, it's in the aftermath of a, a tough loss on opening night. Luckily, there's still 81 more to go. It's very, very early in the season. And the Penguins actually played pretty well last night. They had a ton of chances. These pesky Blackhawks, they did it again, just like they did six months ago. Uh, Peter Mrazek did it again, exact same save total that he made six months ago, 38 saves. And they played a good game, but um, the Penguins just couldn't convert on some chances. They were a little loose defensively and gave up a, a couple of breaks. You know, going the other way, made it a little too easy on the Blackhawks, just like entries into the offensive zone and to be able to create scoring chances. So there were definitely some learning lessons out of that opening game. But overall, I think uh, there were some things to like, and we have to recognize that it's early. And there are a lot of new faces that are just trying to get in sync and build some chemistry with one another and with Mike Sullivan. And uh, I think just trying to get the team all on the same page is going to be the challenge in these first few weeks with so many fresh faces in there. We had eight players make their Penguin debut last night. So it's going to take a little bit of time. The good news is they get to go right back to work on Friday in Washington. No, no doubt. Yeah. And you got 81 more. So we're okay. Right. Um, You know, I want to get into the game a little bit. But before we do that, I would love to start with you and your journey. I think you have an inspiring story. Um, And and I'd love to learn about just your your upbringing. You you grew up in Pennsylvania. I would assume that you you were a Pence fan growing up. What got you inspired into being a broadcaster into moving your way up to what you're doing now? Yeah, big-time Penguin fan, and that was the generation in the early 90s. I was a part of that generation that just got hooked on hockey. For so long in this area, it was Steelers football and Pirates baseball, and then when Mario Lemieux came around in the 80s, and then they ultimately won the Stanley Cup back-to-back in 91 and 92, that's what got everybody of my age hooked on the sport of hockey. We wanted to play it. We wanted to have the posters and the hockey cards and the jerseys and all the same equipment as Mario and Yager and Ron Francis and Kevin Stevens and Paul Coffey and Larry Murphy and Tom Barrasso. So uh, just because of that generation, got hooked on hockey. And at the same time, we had the greatest play-by-play announcer in Mike Lang, who's my hero and uh, my mentor and idol. So really, I just wanted to be like him and uh, just wanted to take the steps necessary to do this for a living. And I'm lucky that it's worked out. Been very fortunate, had a bunch of really fun stops along the way, whether it was college or minor league hockey or working for the New York Islanders or working for NHL Network. I've had a bunch of stops. Uh, Last night started my 18th year in the NHL in various jobs with various teams and uh, entities. So uh, very, very fortunate. And every day is, is a privilege. It's just you're so fortunate just to get to work in the greatest league in the world for a tremendous organization like the Pittsburgh Penguins. And to be at that event and to, to describe the action on the airwaves, on the Penguins radio network, historic game, Connor Bedard, first NHL game, Eric Carlson's Penguin debut. It was exhilarating. And that's why I love doing the games and uh, under any circumstance, it's just an honor to be there at the arena. And as I always say, to get in for free. It's amazing. Yeah. To get paid for, you know, living out your dream. I mean, not many people can say that. And and that's what, when, I, when I started this podcast, I want to bring on people who have inspiring stories, people going after their dreams. And you're a great example of that. And you're very good at what you do. Um, 
I think it's incredible as a kid growing up in Pennsylvania and you look at this guy that you looked up to as a broadcaster. Now you're, you're being mentored by him and you're doing what you love. I think it's beautiful. You know, I want to get into the team this year. So obviously we, we noticed that the Pens didn't make the playoffs last year, which is not common. Uh, and then this summer, you guys picked up Kyle Dubas as a GM, and he just turned the whole ship around real quick. He picked up Eric Carlson. He picked up Matty Nieto, who's a good buddy of mine. And you guys just became a, a cup contender overnight, which is beautiful. What's your thoughts on the team this year going forward? Yeah, very impressed with Kyle Dubas and what he's done in a relatively short amount of time to revamp this roster, which needed a facelift. I mean, you look at that where things were at the end of last year, it just got stale, not enough depth scoring, not enough supporting casts around the superstars who did their part last year. Crosby, Malkin, and Latang were all excellent. It was the supporting cast that was lacking. So he goes to work, gets the job June 1st, and immediately goes to work. And one thing I always admired about Kyle and going back to his time in Toronto is that he is aggressive. And I thought if there's one thing, maybe the previous regime was a little too passive. And it's almost like investing in the stock market. If you have a, a stock loser, there's no point in keeping it and just continuing to lose money. You make a change, you know, make a trade and get rid of those loser stock investments. And then try to get something else. And maybe you can recoup some of those losses. So I think that's kind of the, the philosophy that I would take if I were a general manager. I love that Dubas was very aggressive in Toronto. He's been extremely aggressive here with the Penguins in addressing certain areas. He knew the, the supporting cast had to be better. The bottom six forwards had to be better. The defense had to be revamped. So he has done all of that. He re-signed Tristan Jari, added goaltending depth as well, not just Alice Nadelkovich, but a couple of other options that are in the organization which you need these days. It can't just be one guy. It's got to be two, probably three, maybe even four goaltenders that you got to have and have them at the ready. So I, I've loved what he's done. I also like the fact that uh, he has an old school element to his philosophy. He's known as like this analytics guy and a younger generation general manager. And, you know, just look at the data but I have seen from Toronto and even now here in Pittsburgh giving, with him giving some answers and how he approaches the game that he has, there is some of the old school, which I think is good, as well as the modern approach to management. So you have to have a little bit of everything. You have to have diverse opinions and you can't be set in one way. And too often in hockey, you think we're set in either the old guard or the new guard. You have to have some type of a mixture of both. And uh, I, I just love that uh, there's a little bit of old school in, in Kyle Dubas, in addition to using all the information that's available, all the tools that are available, use those tools and make the best decisions possible. So I, I just love his, his wide open approach. You have to have an open mindset, no matter what you're doing, you have to have an open mindset. And especially if you're in that type of a role, you've got to be pulling from different sources pulling from other sports, from other people's opinions, from people with diverse backgrounds. And I, I think Kyle is bringing that. Yeah, his, his, his vision's incredible with this, this squad. You know, I think it was huge. Once Eric Carlson got picked up, I was like, okay, it's game time. It's showtime. I think that you guys, that kind of put you on the map to, to be a, a scary contender, I think, going forward. What have you seen from Eric Carlson uh, so far since arriving? Well, he's just so smooth. I, I've always known that. I love the vision. I love his passing ability. I love the fact that he's daring. That's one word that uh, comes to mind. You can't say that about too many players in the league, but he's daring. It's one thing to be offensive. It's one thing to be fast and 
and uh, to put up big points. But he will take some gambles. He will take a risk, but has the speed to get back into a defensive position. And I just love the brand that he plays. And and I think especially on the power play, he is going to give the Penguins a, a really nice boost because the Penguins power play should be among the best in the NHL with that much talent. There's no reason why they can't be top five in the league. Last year, they were 14th. So you add in Eric Carlson, who's been one of the best power play quarterbacks of his generation. And I, I think that's going to really pay dividends for the Penguins to improve on those power play numbers. Last night, only had a couple of chances. And in the preseason, you know, you have some of those lineups where you have younger kids. You have Wilkes-Barre type lineups. But then you also have the guys who are trying to iron it out. Mike Sullivan's preached patience that he's going to let them try to work this out. Jake Gensel is also back now in the fold because he had missed training camp with ankle surgery and the recovery from that. So uh, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. But there's no reason why the Penguins can't have one of the best power plays in the NHL, especially now with Eric Carlson. I think he's really going to help in that department. That's one of the things I thought about was it was Latang, it was Carlson, it's Malkin, Crosby, and whoever else you want to put up there with those guys. So it's going to be exciting to watch. I want to go back to opening night last night, um, and everyone's raving about Connor Bedard. I want to know what you thought about his play, and like first time seeing him live, I think, for you in a regular season game, obviously. What was your thoughts on the kid? What did you think about his game? I loved watching him right from the first period. I was like, this kid, he's got it. Uh, they, I think that in the ESPN broadcast, they said he skates like McDavid and he shoots like Matthews. I mean, <laughs> this kid is so impressive to me. It was the first time seeing him for me in person at all. Uh, it was the first time I had listened to him in person do a large media scrum. If you saw some of the pictures on social media, people were standing on top of each other just for a pretty standard morning skate interview. But it's not just your typical interview because this kid is so hyped. And uh, he is very savvy, very Crosby-esque, the way he fielded all of these questions. And so poised to be 18 years old, just turned 18 this summer, and to just field these questions like it was nothing and just shrugging things off and just uh, giving all the right answers, but at the same time giving some amount of personality and kind of a dry sense of humor and just embracing this and just saying, hey, I'm an 18-year-old kid. I'm just having a good time. And you saw the seriousness. So it's not like he's just this happy-go-lucky, just kind of a goofball either. There was the, and this element of seriousness that I think you have to have in there. A few young players in the NHL now that are lacking that, in my opinion, you do have to have a little bit of that intensity. Crosby, Jonathan Taves, Patrice Bergeron. I want to see a little bit of that in addition to personality, which we've always said that hockey players need to have more of. And I saw a nice blend of it with Connor Bedard. Very impressive. And then as far as the game on the ice, yeah, it spoke for itself. What do you have? 11 shot attempts, five on goal. He gets an assist. He created things every time he was out there. You noticed him every time he was out there. If you had never seen a hockey game in your life, and you came to PBG Paints Arena last night and you watched the players, you would point to 98 and say, that guy's good. He was that much of a standout to me. So uh, the future is really bright. I'm just honored that we got to call his first NHL game, his first NHL points. And I'm sure it's the first of many in what should be an illustrious career.
I totally agree with you. Well said. He's very calm under pressure already. And and like you said, he's light years ahead of some people in the league, I think, with how he carries himself. Um, one thing I noticed is that he had a bodyguard walking into the arena. Is that is that a common thing to see? I don't think Crosby's got one right now. Well, I think I don't I didn't see that. I, I think uh, most of the teams have a security person, including the Penguins, have a okay. security person who was with them at all times. It makes a lot of sense, especially with some of the higher profile teams and everywhere you go, there's a tension with the Chicago Blackhawks. It's been like that for a long time because of their success that they've had with Taves, Kane, Keith and company. So uh, I don't think that was anything out of the ordinary for Connor Bedard. I'm assuming it was just the team security person who is always monitoring what's going on and the Penguins have somebody in that role as well, just to make sure everything is okay. Uh, right. Keeps everybody in the traveling party safe, not just the superstars, even people like me. And I appreciate it so much. So always looking out for everybody because it is one family. You're traveling together and just always being the first one off the bus and uh, off the plane and making sure everything's okay. So uh, we, we thank you. That's it's like part of the support staff that doesn't get talked about enough. And there's so many of those people in those roles that are doing jobs behind the scenes that are vital when you're traveling as frequently as we do. And uh, we appreciate it so much. I, I just can't say enough about uh, being incorporated in that family and, and being thought of as, as one of the family members that uh, is looked after. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And and you're the biggest piece of the puzzle over at the Pens organization. We got to get some bodyguards on you too. Make sure yeah, okay. sure. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yes. I am when I go to my parents' house and my mom oh, and dad okay. in Murraysville, PA. They're, they're the ones that would do agree with that. But I think yeah. they're the only ones on earth. I love it. I love it. Uh, the next subject I want to bring up, um, I want to bring up my good buddy. I, I was texting him, Matty Nieto, and I said, listen, I'm going to be talking to Mary Z and I want to, want to give you some love and he's excited about it. So, um, I wanted to talk about him. I don't know if you spent much time with Nieto, but uh, he's a close friend of mine. He's from here, a Long Beach native. Uh, and I just think he was a perfect pickup for you guys. Uh, he's a shutdown guy. He does great on the penalty kill. And, you know, I, I think that he's just, he fits in really well on the third or fourth line for you guys. And he's an even better human being off the ice and a great locker room guy. What's your thoughts on Matty so far? And have you got to spend time with him much at all? I did have a conversation with him uh, in training camp. I tried to just have a brief chat with everybody just to see how their summer was. And, and here it was especially challenging because there's so many new faces with the team. You're trying to have a little bit of a longer conversation with everybody uh, and just to get to know them a little bit. So I did have that brief chat with Matt and uh, so incredibly personable and kind, friendly, welcoming uh, to just allow me to just come in and just have a little chat with him. Uh, really good conversation and uh, talked about his upbringing there in California with uh, roller hockey. And I, I just am so amazed at how many players, either including Connor Bedard, either grew up playing roller hockey or still play roller hockey in their summertime. So I, I just think it's so interesting. And it's just a way to sharpen those skills. And I love the stories of players from the non-traditional areas like Florida or Texas or, in Matt's case, California. We're seeing more California kids playing the playing in the NHL, um, whether they were the Gretzky generation. There's some type of fingerprints tracing back to Wayne Gretzky going to the LA Kings in some way. But uh, I agree with you. As far as Matt's skill set, he fits in perfectly. He is exactly what I'm talking about where – you needed more from bottom six type players, supporting cast members. And that's why Kyle Dubas went out and signed him to the contract. 
And the fact that he can fly, uh, the speed is a big part. Mike Sullivan still wants to play a speed game. Doesn't necessarily have to mean foot speed, although Matt Nieto has that in spades. Uh, it's just they want to play a fast tempo. You have to in today's NHL. You have to play a fast style. And Matt Nieto brings that as one of the fastest Penguins now. So I know Mike Sullivan loved that. That's certainly going to endear him to uh, get some more minutes. And uh, and hopefully we see him have a career year this year. But we just uh, welcome him here to Pittsburgh. Seems like a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I'm looking forward to getting, him know, getting to know him a little bit better, especially as we get on the road starting tomorrow, going to Washington. And that's where you really get to learn these guys, uh, what they're all about, and maybe spend a little bit of time away from the rink and uh, and just seeing them in the hotel or on the plane, wherever it might be. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know him. And uh, and he's obviously had a, a tremendous career with his time in Colorado and San Jose. So uh, we're lucky to have him here in Pittsburgh and uh, can't wait to see him and his game incorporated here with this Penguin style. No doubt. And uh, honestly, like there's not a lot of players from Cali that, that make it full time in the NHL, I think. And he's, he's been that example for a lot of guys coming out of California. So it's, it's been exciting for him to, to uh, be able to have this long career as a vet now. And he's familiar with superstar talent around him, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, all those guys in San Jose. And now he's got Crosby and Malkin on the East and he's, he's going to fit in well. And I'm excited. I, I told him, I'm like, listen, this is, I think this is the time where you're going to have that big run. Cause he's been, he's been wanting a cup. He's been wanting to work hard towards it. And I think it's going to be a great year for, for all of you guys going forward. The last subject I want to bring up, I've been focusing uh, on mental health more, Mirzi, and it's it's such a big deal. I think people need to be more aware of how 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 they feel and what they've gone through, right? And and working through those things day to day to keep healthy, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. In regards to the NHL, I think a lot of fans will look at a guy like Sidney Crosby and see him as like the superstar, right? The, the hockey player. Well, Sidney Crosby is a guy who has feelings and emotions. Still, he's still a human, living in human experiences like all of us. Do you think that the NHL should focus more on mental health? Are they doing enough with it? Um, you know, I wanted to see your thoughts on that, if, if it's something that could be focused on more. I think the league has taken tremendous strides in this. I think society has taken tremendous strides on this topic. But the NHL in particular, we just had a, a player, Sam Poulin, Penguin's first-round pick, who made his NHL debut last year in Calgary, was one of the great stories, and he was eventually sent down to Wilkes-Barre. He's still very young. He was just getting his feet wet in the NHL and, and in his pro hockey career. But he took a leave of absence to focus on his mental health. And I just don't think that would have happened, certainly not publicly, the way that it did and the way that it was embraced. And now people can look to someone like Sam Poulin as a source of inspiration. So I, I just don't think that would have happened 15, 20 years ago. It's certainly not 40 years ago, if not more. So that, that, to me, is the evidence that we've taken a lot of strides in the right direction toward this. There are many initiatives around hockey in both Canada and the United States to focus on this. There are all kinds of uh, theme nights that the league has and the various teams have. So I think it is so unbelievably inspiring and encouraging. Is there more growth to be done? Absolutely, in all facets. But uh, just to look at the progress that we've made as far as encouraging people to at least address their mental health and keep an eye on it and just uh, be willing to talk about it and just ending that stigma. So I, I just uh, am very encouraged by what I'm seeing on that subject. Sam Poulin's a great example. Spencer Knight is another example in Florida. He's been very public and the willingness for these players to share their stories and they can do it through social media now and they can be an inspiration. They can be a source 
where somebody else, even if one person, just one person sees that story and is inspired to at least talk to somebody about it or just uh, to address it on their own, that then it's a 1,000% success. One person, if, if that's the case, if one person sees Sam Poulin doing that, hey, Sam did it, and uh, I need to go talk to somebody. If that's the case, then without question, uh, everything that, uh, that he's been advocating for is well worth it. And uh, to be so public and to be willing to do that takes courage. And I, I'm just uh, so happy that uh, we have that happening now, whereas in the past it didn't, whether it was sports or in, in other walks of life. We're seeing it more often now, uh, but especially here in the NHL with some really positive stories. And we are definitely moving in the right direction. So I, I think that's all to the good. Absolutely. No, that's great. You touched on that. And it's true. I think it takes one person to have someone build up the courage to talk about their story because we're all going through it. We're all going through different things that are relatable. So that's awesome to hear. So coming down to the end of this episode, I want to personally say you inspire me, Mirzi. You do. I grew up watching you as a kid um, years ago when you were in the studio in, uh, in New York City with EJ Raddick. You guys would be in the, in, the, in the store, right? There was a studio above the store. Yeah, right? that's right. You are the second person today to, to <laughs> remind me that I, with something along the lines of, I grew up watching you, which is uh, very, <laughs> very old, but I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, I knew I was old when uh, I was somewhere. I was at a casino, actually, and a kid came up. Are you Steve Mears? I used to watch you every day when I came home from school, and it wasn't college. It was, it was like grade school, so... Uh, yeah, that, that is that is nice to hear. Just that that show resonated with some hockey fans. And uh, and we were on every day, 4 o'clock. Yes, from the NHL store in New York. Now they're over at uh, the NHL and MLB Network headquarters in Secaucus, New Jersey. Much better looking studio. But uh, those were such fun years. Uh, I just uh, was so fortunate to be able to talk hockey every day. I mean, what a dream for a hockey fan. What a dream. You just get to interview Wayne Gretzky and Timu Solani and Joe Sackick and Gary Bettman, whoever it was. Uh, it was it was really fun. I'm still such good friends with EJ, still keep in touch with everybody at NHL Network, and uh, and I really enjoy it. And I thank all the fans like yourself who tuned in all those evenings. Absolutely. You know, it was a great time. And, and look how far you've climbed up the rank just by doing what you do. You're really good at what you do, man. So it's very inspiring to have you on the podcast. I think a lot of people, there are hockey fans that, that listen to my podcast that are going to enjoy this episode. So keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And I know you guys visit, I think November 7th, you're playing in Anaheim. So I'll be there to watch Maddie. Uh, would love to see you if you have time, but uh, we'll, we'll stay connected. And uh, thanks so much for jumping on. Yeah, let me know. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Usually the California trip is later in the season, so it's right. relatively early yep. this time around. Uh, at least for the Penguins, it, it's usually later. But to, to be in early November, to get on the road and enjoy the nice weather out there, Southern California, you got a couple of days off, I believe, in uh, Anaheim, if not San Jose. So um, yeah, that is one trip I always look forward to. So, yeah, hope we can see you at the arena. Uh, should be a lot of fun. A lot of Penguin fans always there in Anaheim. And uh, the California trip is one of my favorites. So I uh, hope to meet you in person. Absolutely. We'll stay in touch. Well, good luck on the road, this upcoming road trip in, in Washington. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mirzi. Baby, it's never nothing less than a full cent hey. Butterfinger with the pearls, girl, you know I'm dropping gems Only wanted the world so I could give you the world You know I love you, girl, with it's a braids of the curls I got a pure swing in the club, get a twirl I'm on it Understand when I'm sitting on this gold mine Understand I've been working on it my whole life Yeah, I'm sure, I'm so sure I'm a coastline 
No matter where the way went, I ain't dead Baby, I'm surfing, shredding again No, I'm always on a hundred I'm Franklin, baby, it's never nothing left Than a full cent Come on, anything on me Run a car, that's a charge, that's a felony Yeah, I got the receipts, got the recipe And you stuck in my head like a melody Yeah, baby, it's okay We're going our own way, we're traveling on Tell your daddy it's okay I won't get you home late, you won't be alone The reason we jail's no jealousy But when you fail, you say you fell for me Only time I'll ever leave is a legacy Legacy. No matter where the way went, I ain't dead Baby, I'm surfing, shredding again No, I'm always on a hundred I'm Franklin, baby, it's never nothing left than a full cent Come on, anything on me Run a car, that's a charge, that's a felony Yeah, I got the receipts, got the recipe And you stuck in my head like a melody